Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're having another walk through the sunny hills today. And uh, we're a bit, bit, bit late on this, uh, this particular bit of interesting times because we did, we did do a recording on this a few days ago, but it's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't really very good, so we're doing it again. So it is, we want to just talk about the, uh, the recent uh, heroism as I would describe it, of Dawn Butler in Parliament, where she came out and called uh, Johnson a liar and refused to correct the record, as they call it, and uh, reflect upon her comments and uh, deliberately got herself thrown out of, of Parliament. And I think this was definitely the way to go because you've seen other politicians very skillfully call Johnson a liar, but using parliamentary... Uh, acceptable language mm. and it has not had the same impact even though they've pointed out that he is not telling the truth in an incredibly straightforward and demonstrable way mm. uh, Ian Blackford uh, he said he, he disguised it by, by saying uh, are you a liar Mr Johnson <laughs> um, and he got away with that and there a few other th- others have done yeah. similar things but uh, Dawn Butler needed to be thrown out of Parliament. She needed that that shot, the the little clip of her being thrown out, uh, and the and the photographs of her walking down the aisle um, to leave Parliament on on that day, because it it need she needed to create. A drama mm. that the press couldn't resist, mm. and that, that 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 a few hours later, sure enough, she was everywhere. Yeah, um, she uh, far far more interest in the Johnson is a liar statement this time, mm. because she was willing to get kicked out of Parliament for doing it than all the other times. Yeah. And even the right wing press couldn't resist <laughs> the story and the drama. And I think that even though they reported it in a, a negative way, obviously, not supporting her for what she did, it still introduced it into the consciousness of, the, of their readers. Yeah. So say in the future, if your child dies because of Johnson's lies about COVID and it's all safe now and don't wear a mask, go to, go to the nightclubs, everything's fine, mm. or whatever else happens due to his lies that really severely affect the lives of you or your loved ones. Mm. Um, you'll remember this moment. <laughs> you, may, you may think, oh, oh, Dawn Butler, blah, 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 you know, yeah. not interested right now. Yeah. But later on, you'll think, oh, yeah, she came out and called him a liar. I, I yeah. remember it because of the drama. Yeah. Because of the impact of the drama, it, it will be there. It went a bit deeper into the minds of the public yeah. this time. And I thought she played it really, really well. Yeah, that's a shame. I, I was wondering, and I've been thinking about it for a few days, now what kind of impact this is going to have? And could it be the snowball that starts the avalanche? Because sometimes, you know, it just takes one person to stand up mm-hmm. to the tyranny, you know, yeah. and be brave. It emboldens others yeah. to do the same yeah so i think of that how how that is going to affect things from now on is yet to be played out and i think 
did that maybe on the last day of Parliament before their summer recess, so yeah. maybe there won't be... People are calling it the... Uh, was it the Spartacus mood? Yeah. Where, where they all stand up and say, Johnson is a liar and then yeah. get thrown out. And the next one stands yeah. up and shouts, Johnson is a liar and gets thrown out. You know? Yeah, I don't, don't have a chance to do that mm. because Parliament's not in session. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen anyway, given, not, given the con composition of the Parliamentary Labour Party, yeah. which is like... 75% pink Tories. So, couldn't see that happening. Yeah. I but, mean. The, but the discussion was very much around why, and this is what Dawn said herself, and it sparked the discussion everywhere. Why is it that the liars can stay in Parliament and carry on lying, where the ones who point out the <laughs> lies are kicked out? Yeah, yeah. Of course, obvious question, but it, it forced the question into the spotlight because I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like a, a moment when the, the Teflon uh, let Johnson down at last. Because trying to get any of the, 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 the shit that they've been doing, they, they should have been jailed. Yeah. <laughs> let alone just thrown out of office. You know, uh, we should be having a fucking Versailles moment, you know, 1789 moment. And they just get away with, with fucking devious, horrible shit, time after time after time. And you think, when is anything ever going to stick to these monsters? Yeah. I suppose something's sticking because they're but, down in the poles, aren't but they, it right is, now? But that did sort of seem to get through the, the force field or whatever it is that they got going. Yeah. I mean, it's in the context of Dominic Cummings turning on them. It's in the context of the Police Federation... Of England and Wales uh, declaring that they have got no confidence in the Home Secretary, Priti Patel. It's in the context of 70% of the public thinking that the government's made a mistake by removing mandatory mask wearing in England in indoor spaces and on public transport. It's, it's not like it's happening in isolation, it's happening in, in a context of absolutely abundantly clear incompetence and there's more than a rumbling a subterranean rumbling about the amount of money that's pretty well been handed over to their mates out of the pandemic situation you know as a direct consequence of the pandemic situation and the the, the, uh, the financial move that the government has made to help the nation through, through the pandemic. I mean, it's turned to be, to be a windfall for some people. And the billionaires that we have in this country have all profited immensely. And a lot of ordinary people and small businesses have been pretty well rendered destitute. So... There's a lot of rumbling, subterranean rumbling around that as well. So it's in the it's in the context of things not going too too great for them, you know, and, and things aren't going to go great for them because eventually the incompetence has to come home to roost, and it is now coming coming home to roost. Uh, if, even, if, if the police hate the government, then they're really <laughs> not doing well, are they? No. The actual speech that. Dawn Butler gave, I mean, she pointed out that, well, we know Johnson lawyers because of Peter Stefanovic's 
viral video which has now had 28 million views documenting Johnson's lies, you know, and he's completely fact-checked. He's never going to get sued for telling lies about it. He's completely fact-checked. And it's a short video of all the lies that, that Johnson has told, and I mention it frequently. I try, I try my best to get it circulating and get people seeing it. And this is just the lies in Parliament, let alone the lies that go on elsewhere. So, so that brought a, a, a welcome side effect of Dawn Butler's sp uh, speech was that it brought Peter Stavanovich's fantastic uh, effort to to expose Johnson's lying in, into just very squarely into the middle of the public consciousness. That is, is, is excellent. I'm glad that that's happened as a result of Dawn Butler's speech. And the other thing she pointed out, she says, this lying isn't, 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 just, isn't just a sort of trivial matter because in the context of the pandemic, it's going to cost lives. So it is a serious matter. Yeah. And she and was in, in interviews later, she used the word dangerous like quite a lot of times, which yeah. I thought was good to kind of really repeat yeah. that word because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and she did get interviewed all over the place. I think Byline interviewed her, but I saw her on Navarra. Michael Walker interviewed her, didn't he? Yeah. She goes on there occasionally. I'm going to do quite like, like Dawn Butler, and you know, she, she was a contender for the leadership or the deputy leadership of the Labour Party. And I kind of listened to what she had to say. She did disappoint me a little bit because she said she preferred Biden over, over Bernie Sanders. I thought, well, that's a mistake. It could be down to not being really up to speed on American politics. But that, that disappointed me. Um, I mean, Dawn Butler is one of the few parliamentary Labour Party members, one of the few Labour MPs, who's actually served in government. And she, she was a, a minister under uh, Gordon Brown. Well, it was a junior minister, but she certainly held a ministerial post under Gordon Brown. So she's actually very, very experienced. Labour politician, but so she no, was absolutely aware of the consequences yeah. of her actions. Wasn't of course, she? she was. I mean, yeah. you know, Dennis Dennis Skinner used to do this all the time. <laughs> the beast of balls over, you know. He'd yeah. say, "I do your worst. I don't Come back, uh, Dennis. I don't care. <laughs> I know you. They bloody toughs on the other side. Dodgy Dave, dodgy <laughs> Dave. Uh, yeah. Take it back, noise, dodgy Dave. Everybody <laughs> knows it." <laughs> Anyway, of course, he got thrown out every every sort of two weeks or something. He couldn't abide the kind of... The, actually, the stupidity of the place. I mean, for me, the thing that it brings out is 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 the, just the archaic nature of Parliament. And I can understand you might have to have some rules of civility or something just to stop people from wasting time. But nevertheless, here's a situation that arises in which a lawyer demonstrable lawyer gets away with it time and time and time again with potentially dangerous consequences as Dawn Butler points out whereas when somebody points this out as a plain matter of truth that they, they, they have to be chastised they've broken the rules you know and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because we've got this, this archaic parliament I have a big gripe with the archaism of the British political system it's like a weight on us that's why we can't get any kind of socialism going here you know the establishment won't allow it, mm. you know, and I do get very impatient, even with people like Peter Stavanovich, when they talk about our democracy being eroded. Well, it's never been a fucking democracy. It's not like we had a democracy and now the Tories are sort of like 
uh, uh, spoiling it. We've never had a democracy. Never, ever, ever have we had a full democracy. It's not even a fucking quarter of a democracy. And people should stop talking like that. We need to be very clear uh, uh, that we need to establish a proper democracy. And a part of that would be getting rid of some of the archaic shit that they've got. The procedures are just stupid. In fact, Dawn Butler started a petition to make it an offence to lighter parliament, like a criminal offence. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's, that's out there. Great. That's I, I, really great, I tried yeah. to sign it and the, the algorithm wouldn't let me sign. It's one of these petition sites. never lets me sign. It says, <laughs> it says, we will not accept you. I don't know what the fuck that's about. Maybe been nobbled by the CIA or something. But to, to me, that's very, very significant of how it points up that the archaic system is just loaded. Johnson gets away with murder. Well, he's like, he's a scion of the establishment, you know. He's, he's, he's an old boy of one of those stupid schools and fucking, you know. And it's, it's, it's the way to, they call it tradition as though it was a good thing. I think the system is so archaic that it's, that it's positively fucking dangerous, you know. And, it, and it's, yet it plays into this modern condition of post-truth, where the truth no longer matters. In fact, hardly anybody in public life's got a concept of truth. You know, a working concept of the concept of like legal truth. Not even the fucking judges and the lawyers when I hear what they have to say. I think, my God, these people have got all this power and they don't, they can't even get their head around just this, this notion of adequationist for, for, for truth, you know. And uh, that, 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 I mean, it's an interesting paradox that it's the archaism that reinforces this modern condition of post-truth, you know, where, 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 where not only does the truth not matter, not only does the truth not matter, but nobody with any power has got, got a proper functioning truth faculty. They're not able to use it as a concept, you know, for what it's meant to do. You know, which is to expose lawyers, you know. <laughs> and help us to move forward because we know what's happening. People do not move, move, move forward through life in, in, in a safe and efficient manner without knowing what's happening, in other words, without discerning some, at least some of the truth and what's going on around them. All this has been completely undermined. And the British archaic political system, as evinced by Dawn Butler's expulsion the other day, it just, just points that out. I mean, that, that, to my mind, that's the big underpinning issue, issue here. You know, the thing will probably blow over. I think it's even... I mean, it made hell of a noise on Twitter. Hell of a noise. Well, and everywhere. Like, everyone yeah. reported on it, didn't they, really? Yeah, I mean... It's, I and mean, she was being interviewed everywhere that yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, it, even the, the Daily Mail and um, the Telegraph and all these other fascist rags all, all managed to... Uh, well, they were forced to make some space for it. So I think tactically, it's, it was pretty good, you know. Yeah, I, th and I think she knows what she's doing, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I think so. I, because also, maybe her timing just occurs to me. Because it was just great. before, when we were doing the pre-talk for this podcast, you yeah. were talking about how you feel that the uh, the mainstream media are start, starting to turn on the Tories. Yeah. And yeah. if, if um, Dawn has been really paying attention to this, yeah. then um, oh, yeah. perhaps her timing... Of basically throwing them a bone yeah. to make yet more critical noises about the Tories yeah. uh, was it's, quite mm -hmm. a good 
strategical moment. They, they've definitely turned on it, turned on him, and they've been, but they've been doing it just like hints to start with over the last few weeks, and it's slowly intensifying. So they're not going to do it so it looks like a U-turn. If you, if you know, if you've got, to, if you really tune your ears in, it's just happening. It's happening all the time, you know. What, what particular uh, things are making you think that the tour, they're turning on the Tories? And is well, it is it more Johnson or is it uh, John, the Tories in general? It's, it's Johnson and 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 his immediate kind of cohort of ministers, his immediate gang of ministers. They don't they don't like them. You know. like what, what particular, Even, particular things have you noticed that were sort of unusual? Just, just, the, just, the just, just the way, just well, just the way that, the, say, Radio Four today, you know, which I'd, I'd take to be pretty well a, a megaphone for the establishment, right? Particularly Robinson, who's, who's quite right wing. He's a member of the Tory Party, and he's quite right wing. He gets one of their ministers on. He didn't give him the easy ride he used to. You know, if it's somebody like Gove or Gavin Williamson or mm. somebody like that, he, he, they don't get the easy ride that they used to. And they're critical of the Brexit oh. policy. And I suppose in the midst of all this chaos, we should, we should mention there's a lot of negative press. I mean, just the, the Brexit cock-up, you know, with the fact that there's no lorry drivers and that there will be food shortages by the looks of it. In fact, there are already certain things not appearing on the shelves. And they're trying to blame it on the pandemic, but the real cause... That's a factor, but the real cause is the fact that there's a hundred thousand lorry, uh, too few lorry drivers in the country just to man the supply chains. Because they sent all the Europeans back. <laughs> yeah, well, they sent them all back. They've all gone back to Europe, you know. And they so, all cheered, and then it was like, oh look, but we yeah. don't have anyone to uh, get yeah. food to the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, so that's piling on, and that's intensifying. And I think the press doesn't want to be. Um, they don't want the shit to splash onto their nice shiny suits when it does splash, as it inevitably will. Yeah. And they've described that it inevitably will. They've figured that out. So they're kind of distancing them. It's partly because they're distancing in themselves. But it's also because, you know, there'll be a move to get rid of him from the Tory party in time for a new, a new election. And when Dominic Cummins said it, he said, we only got him in to do the Brexit thing. He says the day, the first day in office, we were planning, plotting to get rid of him. This is, of course, the unelected advisers. You know, Cummings is a network of a dozen people <laughs> who, who, are, who are so kind of narcissistic. They think it's their job to, yeah, to, to the run BBC the country. They gave him plenty of airtime, didn't they? They did, yeah. Which I found quite surprising. Well, of course, of course, they could have just marginalised him. Yeah, it's they a could story. Have just ignored him. I mean, we need to bear in mind, you know, that. The establishment isn't a monolith. It fights. They fight amongst themselves. You know, they form factions, and they are definitely. I'm picking it up really, really quite strongly, and it's intensifying. They're definitely going for him. Mm. Which Johnson and his immediate half a dozen, you know, um, officers of state. You know, uh, you know, the Home Secretary, the Foreign Secretary. You know. I mean, Matt Hancock was a bit of a fall guy, wasn't he? In the, yeah. they are in trouble, but it's still amazing. They are still ahead in the polls, you know. I mean, they had a th- only a bit though now. Well, it was a thirteen-point lead last week, and now it's like a three-point lead or something. So, if there was an election today, they 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 could maybe scrape the tiniest of majorities. Couldn't well, it would they? be a hung parliament. Yeah, you know, it would look like you know, depending on because they are busy changing the borders, yeah. so that they can get away with some shit, you know. Yeah. 
They're bloody criminals, they are, in my honest opinion, Your Honour. Yeah. So, in that context, yeah, don't, don't, Butler, yeah. Well, she, 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 you know, she, she's been around a long time and she, she has had experience in government. She's a very experienced politician. The idea that it was like a fortuitous, I think I think she's very, very astute on, on, on that level by the looks of it. Also, another interesting point about the lies... Um, and I'm afraid I can't remember her name, a woman who was interviewed on the uh, Byline Times, uh, By- Byline TV uh, YouTube channel. Mm. And she was talking about the function of the lying. Mm. And the reason oh, yeah. they're so thick and fast, she was saying, is because is, this, this always seemed odd to me. Like, you know, you tell one whopper and it's like the next day there's another kind of three whoppers and the next day there's another three whoppers. And uh, Johnson does lie in Parliament all the time. Um, and it, it, it always amazes me that they just keep them coming. And mm. she reckons the reason is that um, to push back and to prove that it was a lie. So let's mm. say he tells five lies in Parliament. Mm. It takes her two hours to do the research Make it, make a video or write an article uh, with all the fact checking, proving that it was definitely a lie, and then to upload it onto YouTube or to publish it. It takes so much work and effort that it's just not possible to keep up with it. So that's why they do it so much because the, mm. it just ties them up, ties yep. up all their time and energy trying yep. to disprove the lie. Because yep. it's like that that old saying. Um, a lie can run around the world before the truth has got its boots on, and that—that's what it's like. That's why they—they're yeah. they're getting away with it. There yeah. just isn't enough time and energy in the world to to disprove the sheer barrage of lies that come out of them all the time. Yeah. So, I thought what what she what she said made quite a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot in that. And, you know, the, uh, Peter Stefanovic, I mean, he really has done such a good job. Oh, it's be- beautiful. <laughs> He's done lots of videos. I know there's the, the video that yeah. has really, you know, had a yeah. huge amount of views. But he, he probably puts up at least one hour a week. He's, he's, um, he's on his Twitter, he's childish, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that one about the Northern Ireland thing, which is yeah. the, you know, where, where, I mean, he even he even does the, the, the video of him twice of Johnson saying, I think it's to Laura Kunzberg, um, there will be no checks between Northern Ireland and Great Britain and coming the other way. He says it absolutely and totally yeah, yeah. emphatically. Twice, it's like he, re- he says it, there he is, he's there on Terry saying it, and then what have we got? Oh, checks. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think that's how he survived in life, you know, and it's third nature to him. He hardly knows he's doing it. That's that's how he that's how he got by in the dormitories at uh, you know in the bullying environment of a, of a boys' public school. You know, just it's by being well, well by dividing rule, by being attempting to be charming and entertaining, doing his his clownish thing. You know, and also just been by by lying strategically all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's his character. It, it's it's not like he's just decided this is how we're going to play it. It's his character. And it's the product of that style of education in many ways. Yeah. And also, he's just very, very, very bold because mm. he has got away with it all his life. Yeah. You know, or or his family comes along and just mops up the mess with a big load of money. I mean, yeah. who knows? 
how how he's managed to get away with it all this time but you know rich people usually do don't they yeah anyway yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i'll just to kind of add, add one thing you know and i think the, the, there is a great deal of chaos and instability at the moment i nearly said for a change but it's nothing new all my life politics has been chaos and instability <laughs> you know it isn't anything new, but it does seem particularly intense at the moment, what with a pandemic and all the the deleterious consequences of Brexit. And uh, just it seems like things, things are up for grabs. But I think the right uh, is very well prepared for, for grabbing hold of the chaos and the resentment and the anger and the uh, frustration that, that, that the general public... And evidently failing, and to mobilise it in their direction, and this is this it's a very dangerous time yeah. for that reason. And this is happening globally. This kind of thing is happening globally. The riots in Brazil this t- today, trying to get rid of Bolsonaro. Y- yeah, trying to get the government to bring in proper vaccine program and to impeach Bolsonaro. Mm. Yeah. A lot of these right wing regimes are, are in peril. Um, but yeah, the right will try and cap- capture this, and the, and and it could be very very disastrous if they, the the feelings that all this is um, arousing is, is mobilised by the right, and they are very good at it. They are very good at it, but I think this time, because of COVID, it's going to make their job an awful lot harder. Because yeah. generally, the right wing attitude towards the pandemic is to just let the people on the street suffer. Yeah. Really, isn't it? Now, it turns out the people on the street don't actually like this very much. Surprise, no. surprise. Right? Yeah. yeah. So when that right-wing government comes on and say, hey, support us, you know, we're yeah. great. We're going to make you suffer yeah. even more. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's going to be yeah. harder for them to, yeah. to, to, to capture them and, and say, yeah. would you want more of the same? Isn't it? You know. There is, there is a lot of potential. For, for this situation to be grasped and, and for the, the associated uh, emotions to be mobilised in the right direction, in the direction of kind of human survival. This is how yeah. serious it is. Yeah. Human survival. Yeah. You know. And uh, there is, there are loads and loads and loads of opportunities. Now, my only point here is they have to be seized. The right-wing activists... Yeah, be assured uh, are thoroughly on the case and in the business of trying to capture this situation to their advantage. What sort of indicators do you think we should be uh, looking out for that uh, this is happening? To, uh, you need to look for civil unrest. You need to look for irrational protest movements. You need to look at them. You need to actually try and figure out Where's the money coming from? <laughs> Follow the money. Yeah. You need to look at the press. You need to look at the right-wing press. You know, and I think having done that, this is how we know that that they are coming for Johnson and and his, and his near pals. You need to look. You need to look at what people say, like Nigel Farage, for instance. You know, and what's you know, and you do need to look wider. You need to look at what's happening in France and Australia and so forth. You need to look wider because. 
They are globally organised, the, the far right, sort of. They have a, a, a right international. And you, you get the picture when you do, you, you need to look for the big picture to even get your local picture, to be honest with you, because of the, the talking that they do to each other. This became apparent to me um, ages ago, but it's, it's, it's underscored very nicely by Peter Georg again in uh, his book, Democracy for Sale. Because you know, he, he shows some of the trend. It's, it's mainly concerned with money in politics in Britain and the corruption that that brings about. But it, 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 it's a story you can't tell without exposing the connections with the, the US far right and the British far right and, and, and the flow of money around the world to institute the, the project of a global fascism, global corporate fascism. And that, that, that's where you look. You do need to look a bit big, but you need to look, you need to look right down in the micro as well and uh, see what's saying. And it seems, it seems to me, you know, that, they, that I don't think they've got their ducks in a row e exactly because I think they've, they've took some setbacks. The very fact now that, the, that, that there is instability in, in the Johnson government in this country and that there are factions within that government. And, and the uneasy peace between them, is it looks as though it's coming to an end. Other things like Ireland, right? You need to see how different factions react to a crisis like, what, like the Northern Ireland crisis. Or the fact that some, you know, there have been some, some, some civil unrest in, in Northern Ireland, harking back to the, the, the troubles in the context of the Good, the Good Friday Agreement. And these kind of things, this is you, 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 need, you need to look at the, the fine grain and the big picture at the same time, and then it kind of becomes apparent, you know, that there is, there is, there is basically what I want to say about, about the situation is it's very dangerous, but it's also full of opportunities. Uh, but what we kind of loosely call, call the left, they've got to, they've got to fucking get this guy done. <laughs> well, let's hope uh, that um, what Dawn Butler's just done is the beginning of the left just starting to lace up the skates, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, it, it does have, it does have, a, it does have a, a feeling like that. And, it, and, and I do get the feeling that strategically it was deliberately a, a strategy and it is very well, well played. Yeah. Well played, Dawn. Well played. Um, and it'd be, it'd be nice if, uh, if you're on Twitter, if you want to go and follow Dawn Butler, just to give her some support for what she did and... Yeah. and, uh, and to just spread the word that yeah. would be uh, that yeah. would be great as well anyway i hope everyone found that interesting we're on our way down the hill now and we will speak to you soon mate knowledge great again